Hi, I'm Terry, Instagram's sassy sober mum. Welcome to my podcast, Sober Stories from Everyday People, bringing you stories from people just like you and I. The aim of this podcast is to share our experiences with drinking and how we got and stayed successfully sober. Hello and welcome to Sober Stories from Everyday People. Today I am speaking to Julia who's in Dumfries in Scotland and she's 923 days sober which is also two and a half years. Well done Julia, that's a fantastic amount of time under your belt. Thank you for being here with me today. Oh thank you so much for having me. Oh my pleasure. Um, so why don't we get to know you a little bit? Why don't you tell us a bit about who you are and what you do and all that stuff? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I'm Julia. I'm 35. Um, yeah. So as you said, I'm 923 days sober or two years and six months. Um, I'm a teacher. Um, so I work part time at the moment. Um, I've got a 19 month old and I'm actually pregnant as well. Um, so due my second baby in November. So oh, congratulations. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, I, in my spare time, well, at the, I don't really have any spare time at the moment because I have a toddler. Um, so my favourite thing to do really is just spend time with him, spend time with my husband. So I got married just in December last year, actually. And in terms of, yeah, free time, when I get any, I like to read. I absolutely, I still love like all the sobriety um, kind of books that really helped me in the early days. Love rereading them, love reading novels, uh, watching trashy TV. It's definitely mm-hmm. <laughs> up there with my favourite <laughs> evening thing to do. Um, catching up with friends and things like that as well. Lovely. Uh, so in uh, teaching, what kind of teacher are you? I'm a biology teacher, secondary school teacher. Wow. Yeah. Um, Awesome. So talk to me about your relationship with alcohol. What did that look like? Um, Like I started drinking in the same way as I think a lot of people do in the UK, just as a teenager, just like drinking in the park with friends, kind of going to band nights and house parties and things like that. And at the start, I would say it was pretty much mostly just really fun mm. um I'd always been quite a shy child and teenager and I definitely found like from the very beginning alcohol really helped me you know, come out of my shell and I think I I didn't realize at the time but I was definitely I think using it as a bit of a sort of confidence boost mm. and yeah like I said at the, the kind of beginning it was all pretty much really fun um I went to uni made a lot of really good friends at uni but I would say it as early as that, it maybe did actually start to become a bit of a problem. I would always, I was always the one that took it too far. So I would often kind of be thinking to myself, like at the start of a night, um, you know, don't get too drunk. <laughs> you know, you want to remember everything tomorrow. And that yeah. would very rarely <laughs> be the case. So it was probably, I can't even think how many nights we've been out at uni, but I'm sure it was four or five <laughs> as a sort of minimum. So drinking was probably my full-time job. And then studying definitely came sort of second. Yeah. And like I said, I had a great group group of friends. So a lot of it was really fun. Um, But I feel it did kind of start to get a bit darker as I got through my 20s. Mm. So probably hangovers as well. My hangovers, they were just legendary. They got so bad. I would be 
physically sore and well <laughs> the last for some time or something the last like two days feeling really really sick and just mentally as well kind of becoming quite draining the sort mm-hmm. of anxiety was definitely creeping in um and then I'm 35 now I'm trying to think how old I would have been I was at 32 32 33 when I initially or 32 when I first stopped drinking so as I kind of got into my late 20s I was working as a teacher like living with my um, partner and I would say my drinking kind of went from being more social to more drinking in the house yes which I think is when it really accelerated so I would almost I would say prefer to drink in the house mm. I was definitely a big wine drinker I would love like that Friday night routine which crept into other nights of the week as well by the end um, of buying you know two bottles of wine and I would always think, well, that's plenty. There's no way I'll drink two bottles of wine. Yeah. And it would rarely be the case that I would leave anything open. Yeah. God, it gave me a flashback that did actually, because I think that's exactly how I approached Fridays, or maybe Thursdays as well sometimes, but certainly Friday yeah. Thursdays. <laughs> you know, get two bottles. I would always get a bottle of, Usually, if I was on my own, it might be a bottle of white and then a bottle of red. Have the white first and the red. Um, But, you know, thinking that will be loads. And most of the time, I would say that I would sort of not even stick to it. I I could sometimes leave a glass or two in the second bottle and, and that would feel like an achievement, which is weird now when I think about how much alcohol that is. That's actually still a bottle and a half of wine to myself. Um, but then there would be times when that two bottles would be gone and it might not even be 10 o'clock in the evening and then it's like oh right okay well I'm too drunk to go out and I've got kids in bed um let me just um there wasn't Deliveroo back then when I I mean this is only four years four or five years ago but there wasn't Deliveroo available to to just purchase wine from the (laughs) co-op like you can now No, But (laughs) but I certainly got clever with what takeaways would I could get a chicken wrap and then get a bottle of awful wine delivered that would probably cost me like 10 quid and it would just be paint stripper, but it didn't matter. And it's, yeah, it's just kind of weird, isn't it? That behavior that there's just sort of two bottles, that would be enough. It's just, it's such a huge amount of alcohol. I don't know if you feel like that when you look back now. Yeah, definitely. Like at the time I thought one bottle of wine was nothing. That was, you know, that was perfectly, perfectly reasonable amount to drink. I think it was just the headspace it was taking up at the end as well. Like I would constantly be thinking like, well, how much am I going to drink tonight? Mm. Am I going to have a hangover tomorrow? What have I got on tomorrow? It was just so um, mentally draining by the Mm. end. And I think, like I said, at the beginning, I would say my drinking was fun, really. Like I had a lot of good times as well. But by the end, there was was still fun times, but I would say the bad definitely outweighed the good by far. And I wasn't really happy I don't think in myself yes that's the big indicator isn't it I think the cost becomes too high it it tips into being more pain than fun whereas in the early days you know teens and arguably a lot of the 20s earlier 20s it's it's more fun driven but then late 20s 30s you start I was the same as you start drinking from home start preferring actually to drink at home when no one's really watching or <laughs> judging yeah. or whatever or that you haven't got to worry about getting home safe you're just you're already at home you just got to get upstairs or you know go to bed 
Um, and then I think the cost starts to overtake the fun for sure. Yeah, I definitely found that. The one thing I'm just so grateful for is I got sober before I had my son. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just, I'm really grateful for that, really. Like, I've, cause I, well, actually, I find sleep, suppose everyone does, but sleep deprivation is so hard. I, I don't actually know how I would physically, physically function <laughs> with a hangover mm-hmm. and deprivation. And then I think just the, I did have a lot of like guilt and shame around my drinking. And I know that would have been like such a, um, like, difficult, difficult thing for me. Yeah. So, and I, because well, I was uh, actually, I was still drinking when my older two were young. Um, and I feel the same as you. I feel, I feel really pleased that I, my youngest is, and, and, and also when my children, you know, when they're really young, they don't remember, but I do feel like my kids don't remember me drinking. And obviously my youngest got, I wasn't drinking when I fell pregnant with her and had her. Um, but I, the, the two older ones, I definitely went through all that sleep deprivation with wine. I mean, that's just crazy to me now that I would be putting the baby to bed, having a glass of wine, 8.30, having a few glasses of wine. Yeah. If I'm being honest, having a few glasses of wine, probably not drinking like bottles, but certainly probably having three glasses, maybe four at weekends. So probably getting close to a bottle, to be honest. And then getting up at 2.30 and feeding and 4.30 yeah. and feeding and 6.30 and feeding. I mean, what is this craziness? How did I do that? I know. It's when you look back and think, how did, yeah, I don't know how I survived. <laughs> some, yeah. of, some of the sort of hangovers and just, yeah, I think you're never like completely on top when you're drinking. No. You never, I never yeah. felt my bed. I mean, to be honest, I think it's hard to feel on top anyway in life. This is what yeah. I'm realizing. <laughs> you, you know, when do you, you know, it's it's not an easy thing to achieve, feeling on top of things. So, and I feel like that, even though I, you know, obviously not been drinking for a long, fairly long time now, I'm I still struggle to have, feel that feeling. So I, I often reflect and think, God, how did I ever drink? Or what what would my life be like if I was feeling this way or trying to achieve all these things and still drinking on top? Like it just... It's almost incomprehensible to me now that I used to live that life now that I've not lived that way for four years and I know what it both types of life is like and just how heavy the load is in life when you've got, especially when you've got kids as well and jobs and houses to run and washing to hang up and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's, it's mind boggling that, that, people are still drinking of course they are like no judgment but it's just that when you've been through that process you know what's involved and you take it yeah. away and it's just yeah it's just mad so um talk to me about when did it start to get really problematic for you um I think it had I think at the back of my, the very back of my mind, probably from as early as my like twenty twenty one, I think I did realize it was a bit problematic, and I had been trying. I was constantly trying to moderate. I really wanted to be one of those people that could have two drinks and then stop and go home and <laughs> get up early in the morning to run. Mm-hmm. I, I used to totally strive for that. And I could never do it. Um, but as I said before, it was still a lot of fun probably at that stage. Um, but a, a lot of issues started to creep in, I would say, with my mental health. So I've suffered with kind of anxiety and some bouts of depression since my 
maybe the age of like 24, 25. But I never, ever thought drinking had anything to do with it. I remember a GP asking me how much I drank and I obviously lied. And I can't remember how many units I said I drank a week, but it was way less than what it actually was. And I just, because he mentioned, I remember he said it might be better to not drink like while you're taking this medication you didn't have to not drink and I just thought no definitely not there's like no need like alcohol is definitely not bad for my anxiety I genuinely thought it was you know probably helping me um and I, I think I was always just kind of too afraid to really address kind of any issues I had with alcohol um, but I think it really came to a bit of a head it's in 20 my dad died quite suddenly in July 2019 and my drinking definitely took a turn for the worse after that. It had already been kind of accelerating quite a bit. Um, me and my now husband had just moved back to Dumfries from Edinburgh the year before. And I think just socially our lives had changed quite a lot. And like I'd said before, I was probably drinking more in the house. And but after my dad died, I was definitely using it to like self-soothe quite a lot. And it was I was starting to hide it a bit, which now I look back and really cringe. I would sometimes drink wine out of like a mug I don't even know why because like my partner other people would know <laughs> what it was but I would I was definitely trying to hide it um, and it got to this stage it was probably probably five nights a week not to massively excess every night but to quite a lot of the nights and it was just becoming yeah very, a, a big issue it had such a kind of hold over me at that point and I wasn't really feeling my grief I don't think I was definitely just using it to kind of mask everything yeah yeah which is completely understandable um alcohol does a really good job doesn't it oh yeah shutting down those uncomfortable feelings and those difficult conversations in your head and just it stops you it stops you from feeling the pain uh, you know in a lot of ways and so it does that job very well so it's completely understandable that that people would use alcohol to manage discomfort completely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, um, and what was the, so talk to me about the morning of when you said, that's it. What did it look like? Or what was the night before? Well, I had um, a few kind of steps. So basically the first time I decided I'm going to stop, that's kind of an, an it really. That was just a few months after my dad had died. It was in October. Um, I went on holiday with a group of um, friends to Greece um, and none of them were big drinkers at all. <laughs> I remember on that holiday, I was just constantly thinking about drinking. I didn't get drunk at all because I didn't really want to stick out. Nobody else was. Everyone else would have like one or two drinks. But I think I just realized I was obviously still really struggling with grief, but I had a rubbish time. I was constantly thinking like, you know, how many glasses of wine, how much Prosecco can I get away with? And it was just like really consuming me, you know. Mm. remember just thinking right I'm going to stop I'm going to try stopping for a whole month as soon as I get home and then the night before was the last night we were on holiday and I think I had like just one or two glasses of red wine I remember just not even really enjoying it because I think I'd given myself permission I was like you can drink as much as you want <laughs> tonight you know the last time but mm. I didn't even I think I just had had enough um decided to stop after I came home I mean I did but I had um a few kind of false starts. So I think I had a period of four months and then I literally had one night where I drank a lot. And then again, the next morning was like, no, enough. <laughs> and then I had another four months and then another six months. And then that sort of took me to 
um, you know, my current kind of start date. So I had a few false starts over the course of kind of just over a year. Yeah. Um, but each sort of drinking like episode was only one night. And then the next day, I think I immediately was like quite felt terrible, felt quite scared almost. Like, and knew that I couldn't let it get out of control again. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't really know how I did differently the last time. I think I made a better plan. Like I sort of really, well, I had always been quite open with like certain friends and family anyway. But I think I made more of a point of telling people. And I really tried to like change up my routine. So started like getting up early and like journaling and things in the morning. Um, and it just, it really, the last time it just really seemed to stick. And yeah. yeah, I just knew that I did not want to go back. I, too, I remember taking a photo of myself that I put, got on the, I think it's the I Am Sober app, like my last hangover day. And I just look, I just look awful, but it's more just like my eyes. I just look so unhappy. And occasionally I will just look back at that and think, you know, I, there's no way I'm, I'm not ever going, going to go back to day one now. Um, yeah. So yeah, the last time, I mean, obviously you never know. It's got to be kind of one day at a time, but no, I feel that last time I just felt so much surer in my mind that that was enough yeah it's interesting I I do I hear that quite a lot that people just have a feeling you know it just clicks somehow yeah and it's sort of when when you've got to that place it's almost like you just you just know you just know that that's it even though obviously it is hard to sometimes say that out loud because there is all that there is that fear and I think that hangs around sometimes for a maybe a few years even it's different for everybody but that fear of saying that's it I'm never doing it again I I can say that now hand on my heart and I really I just know but I felt like that in the beginning but I was afraid to say it out loud just because I don't know just because like like you it was my third time um that I'd yeah but it's quite fascinating actually um your story because I think a lot of people will take a lot of comfort hearing this that actually you can have four months and four months and six months and you can still get there <laughs> even though yeah even though you are you know giving it a good go and then for whatever reason you're scratching the itch again and then you're straight back on I mean it sounds like you had 14 months of sobriety but you drank three times in that 14 months yeah way of looking no, at it basically yeah like I used to actually count the days like in um you know from the very beginning but I decided to have it you know as like a my actual sober streak but yeah I do sort of consider it as being over three years in a way because it was just those nights that and I think the next morning there was part of me that thought well I've ruined this anyway <laughs> you know I could just have a few days of drinking but I'm just really yeah, quite proud of myself in a way, I guess, that I thought, no, like, that's, I could tell that it was just a terrible, terrible idea. Every time, I think I wasted the whole next day, which was normal for me when I was drinking. Yeah. Uh, just feeling physically absolutely awful and just not wanting to do anything. And, you know, I think I just realised from having the sense of sobriety, like, how much better it was, how much happier I felt. Mm. Yeah, and you're really building on each of those stretches or stints if you like um yeah and I know sometimes when I work with people um they definitely have the mindset that but I did this amount of time before and and I went back to drinking and now I just feel like I can't get there again you know and they they get mentally stuck in that 
energy of, but I did four months and then I went back and then I did another four months and then I went back. And so now I'm proving to myself that I can't do it. And what's great about your story is that you did another six months and then went back and then, you you know, and you kept going, you kept trying, you didn't give up on giving up. And I think that's such a strong, positive message. Oh, thank you. But out there, yeah, because I think people, because at the end of the day, it it is life changing, (laughs) stopping drinking. Like it is literally life changing. And you can't just go into a shop and buy it in a box and spend loads of money and just buy it and that's it, it's done. You've got to work at it. You've got to trip up and fall on your face and try and, you know, I don't like using the word fail. I don't, I don't want to say try and fail, but you've got to try and then have to try again. And you just got to keep building that momentum, I think. Sometimes that is your story. That is people's stories. And I want the people that are in that place at the moment, that are in that stretch of they've tried and they've had a slip up and they're trying again. Maybe they've had another slip up and they try, you know, I want them to listen to this and to hear about you've got there, you know, yeah. you've got there now, you know, you've got nearly a thousand days under your belt. And I'm sure you're going to go on to tell us about all these amazing changes you've, you've experienced, but it's possible. It's achievable. Everybody can get this, but it does require kind of picking yourself up and dusting yourself down a bit and moving forward and keep going. So let's talk about what, can you describe, um, so what actually, first of all, what were the things that you did to support yourself? So I know obviously there's a bit of mindset stuff going on. Yeah. And even if you go back to the initial stints, like what sorts of things did you do to support yourself? Thanks. The first thing I did that I found really did help. I told my um, husband, I told him that I was stopping drinking. I think he'd probably heard it all before (laughs) on really bad hangover days, but he was supportive. Um, And I didn't tell everybody to start with, which I think was maybe a bit of a mistake then, but I did tell some close friends, which really helped, I think, just for accountability, really. I think it was like what you were saying there about working at it. Like I think any time before where I tried to even moderate and failed, I just stopped drinking as much or stopped drinking and nothing else had changed. I did find I had to make positive changes in a way so that it was the alcohol being removed wasn't something missing, that I was gaining something. So I definitely started to get up early. Um, cause I, I like I'm a bit, maybe a bit um, strange in that. I actually really like getting up early, having like a nice early morning, which I couldn't do, obviously, if I was hungover. So mm-hmm. I started to make sure even just things like having nice, like healthy things in for breakfast and making myself really nice coffee, <laughs> like really kind of treating myself quite a lot. Yes. Um, and I was totally free with how, what I ate as well. Um, so I didn't try not to beat myself up if I had too many sweets. Like I think that's really common. Like, you know, when you first stopped drinking, I'd, I hadn't realized that it was the sugar and the alcohol that you really crave is like anything sweet. So I just mm-hmm. tried to let myself like, eat as much chocolate and cake and ice cream and things as I wanted to. Yes. Um, just tried to... Yeah, just really tried to make things nice, as nice as possible. Like I made, I've always quite liked like having nice things in the house and things, but I would make sure I lit all my candles, which was actually a big thing for me. Because when I was drinking in the house, I didn't trust myself with lit candles at night. I would think, well, no, I can't do that because 
if I burn the house down. <laughs> so bought some really nice, silly expensive candles. Um, just nice. um, I really read a lot of the kind of sobriety books. I really loved them. It was the unexpected joy of being sober. The Catherine mm. Grey one. I was really related to that book. I must have reread it quite a few times. Um, and I just really, I think, tried to work on like seeing the positives and yeah. starting to maybe meet friends for coffee and things in the morning so that I had something to like do to look forward to yes yeah I was I guess a little bit lucky in a way like when I, I had like my first um sobriety was lockdown so mm. I didn't have um so in a way it was difficult because in, in the house a lot but I didn't have any social things to yeah worry about yeah. <laughs> so I didn't have to go on nights out weddings or anything for quite a while and um, which I think was probably really helpful yeah I agree agree with that and it's also a relief as well I think when you you know because I, I I was looking at a statistic the other day that 60 percent of drinkers increased their drinking in lockdown and I do think yeah. that people's drinking some people's drinking probably reached a different level <laughs> like a like a darker level yeah I think mine really would have. Um, yeah, same. I, I, I remember being in lockdown just thinking, oh, God, thank God I don't drink, you know, because I, I just know I would have been a mess. I would have been yeah. every day for, for, for weeks, I think. Um, but, yeah, no, that I mean, I love that. It's the, 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 those kind of things that you did for yourself, um, I can really relate to, the sort of treating yourself and – making the most of it really just like really trying to make how can I make this the best possible situation experience for myself like what do I need to do and what do I need to think in order to have a positive experience with with something that's traditionally can be quite negative um yeah but yeah and what what would you say in terms of like the kind of the highs and lows what were the things that came up for you that surprised you or what were the trickier bits I think some of the trickier bits like I think I did find like physically I felt great like right away and I was exercising more as well which really helped and I think initially I found it was quite overwhelmingly positive but then as time went on I think like some feelings of like shame and guilt really started to creep in from me feeling almost like I'd wasted so much time when I was drinking and I felt sad that, that my dad never you know um seen me sober so I got sober after he died and I think I think I had just been quite tied in with my identity like that was what I did I always went out I always got drunk <laughs> yeah. and I think I just felt like there was like something missing which was where all the kind of positive things I started to do that that really did help but I think I did struggle with that a little bit and just thinking back even just some embarrassing moments I'd had and just really cringing I think I just found that quite quite mortifying in a way that I think when you stop drinking and maybe have more time to reflect on it um yeah I did find because I think I did definitely act in ways that aren't really me when I was Mm -hmm. drunk like I think it's really funny when people say you know the real you comes out when you're drunk that's definitely not the case for me um things you might do when you're drunk I would never never in a million years do sober um it's just yeah so I think 
I think with I did with time, I think that's definitely got a lot easier. But I did struggle quite a lot. Yeah, I would say feeling quite ashamed of myself, I think. And maybe yeah, like really beating myself up. So I really worked quite hard in trying to kind of overcome that. Mm. And how have you done that? Would you say? I think one a couple of things I think just that being on Instagram actually has been like really really helpful I go through phases when I don't really post anything but even just reading things other people are posting Mm -hmm. Uh, one of my best friends actually my friend Lewis got sober right after me a few months after and that was like a massive uh, bonus for me actually and it's obviously really (laughs) over the moon for him and it's been a great thing for his for him and his life but for me as well it was just been so great having a close friend going through the same and we had quite a lot of similar experiences um and I, I'm very I would say I'm very open very honest about like my kind of sober journey um see so yeah, I like definitely joked to my husband that would be my like mastermind topic just anything <laughs> on sobriety um so I think just really educating myself about alcohol really helped mm-hmm. as well I think that helped me realize because you know it is addictive so of mm. course I got addicted um and really helped me to um sort of realize that not necessarily my fault that mm. you know my yeah. relationship with alcohol became so difficult yeah and um, really helped me yeah I think I think that's such a good point as well um it, it, it isn't your fault it wasn't my fault you know no and, and I love that quote it's not your fault that you drink but it is your responsibility yeah I think that's the good point as well because I did find sometimes when I was drinking I could be a little bit like oh like poor me like I've had such a bad day I deserve to have a few drinks but yeah yeah, it's just it didn't serve me at all it wasn't a way for me to deal with anything and yeah you're right you do need to take responsibility over over it yourself no one else can really do it yeah yeah and I think as well just what you said about when you look back and you just realize that you actually wouldn't have done or any of those things, those shameful things, you wouldn't have done them sober. And I'm the same. There are so many behaviors and predicaments (laughs) that I got into. I just would not have, I just would not do that now as, as who I am now. And I, I find that was helpful in terms of detangling myself from my behavior. I kind of, I, I saw that as drunken behavior not me that's not who I was yeah. in my core and 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 that actually like you say when you then add in that alcohol is very addictive it is easier to try and to just sort of separate to separate the two types of people or the two versions of yourself and for me knowing that I will never be that person again I will never be that that drunken Terry making those stupid mistakes like she's never coming to the party again ever that as well the confidence that that grows I think is just yeah it, it it's everything yeah I definitely found that and I think confidence is a big thing for me I feel so much more confident in myself I think it's because I can trust myself yeah. and I know that I know that I'm not going to get drunk and do something stupid that I either can't remember or I'm really like embarrassed or ashamed of the next day it's yeah. just a, such a nice like a feeling of safety almost it is you don't have to apologize to anybody and just feel just feel that 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 overbearing shame again for those sorts of 
decisions you know that you've that you or the things that you've done when you're drinking and yeah that that's it's very healing I think yeah definitely so in terms of your biggest gain talk to me about what you've gained and also how you've changed as a person um I think like I mentioned before I definitely have gained um sort of confidence I'm definitely just much calmer and happier I think in myself um and I've definitely got more boundaries with people I think in my life like I've got lucky I've got really good relationships with my friends and family but I feel like I'm able now to actually like set boundaries for myself and feel like comfortable and Mm. kind of even just simple things like what social things I go to what I maybe don't want to go to and more assertive whereas I think when I was drinking I was constantly just a bit like oh god did I have I annoyed them the last time I was drunk so I'll just have to go along with <laughs> whatever yeah. they want to do um <laughs> so yeah I've definitely become much more yeah I think just sure of myself and just a lot clearer about sort of what I want in my life and it's definitely just been such a like since I stopped drinking and well, I've had a baby and I got married pregnant with my second baby so it's definitely in terms of like big life events has been a very positive couple of years for me yeah yeah it's funny I I felt like there was just a lot of positive energy surrounded me when I stopped drinking like things good things started happening um you know I got promoted at work I managed to buy my first home on my own I mean even though I was you know 40 41 I, I'd, I'd never done that before you know I'd, I'd bought in a relationship I was with somebody and we bought a house together but to do it for myself you know when I was a single parent and things like that you know that was really positive and yeah. just like good things were happening I just felt like there was a just I don't know it was like a sort of electricity and these good things were coming into my life and I I remember thinking, is it crazy that I think that this is, you know, is this, is this a coincidence or is this happening because I've stopped drinking? And um, now that I've seen many people go through the same thing and lots of people report that they have very positive things that happen, I just think, no, it can't be a coincidence. <laughs> it's just, yeah, definitely. You know, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's nice that there is that kind of experience, all those experiences to appreciate as well. Um, how has it changed the relationship with yourself and yeah and your partner if if at all I think for myself I'm definitely I definitely am kind of a lot kinder to myself um like it sounds really really cheesy but sort of, definitely in the early days I used to try and think of ways that I was like, proud of myself which really made me like, really cringe at first because it's not a way that I think many people are used to like talking to themselves but I really tried to like really build myself up quite a lot and um kind of writing down like what I was grateful for um so I went through a phase of doing that every morning I like, writing down you know, I was always grateful for sobriety but then other things even just you know simple things like fresh bed sheets or <laughs> like a great cup of coffee in the morning and things like that and really trying to see um the sort of positives and things I think I could probably be a bit of a kind of glass half empty <laughs> type of person before and obviously like life's still like really difficult I've had like really difficult times since I've stopped drinking as well um but I'm definitely in a much better place to deal with things I think now I'm not it's just kind of self-medicating everything with alcohol now I'm actually able to like kind of calmly and rationally like work mm-hmm. through 
problems. I think that's been a big, a big improvement. I would say definitely my partner as well and my husband, our relationship's much stronger. He never really, he would never really have come out and said it when I was drinking, but I knew he, well, he probably did a couple of times. He definitely wanted me to drink less anyway. Mm. And I knew he'd get quite worried sometimes about me. Um, but no, he's been like, really, really supportive. Um, so he still drinks, but he is like one of the, one of the moderate, <laughs> moderate drinkers can have a couple yeah. of drinks. Um, and he tends to be a beer drinker as well in the house, which doesn't, I was always wine. So I think, yeah, that's something I think I would find difficult if that mm. was in the house. But um, that's been abs- absolutely fine. I can sort of quite easily separate the two. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think our relationship, because obviously it's been a, like a, it was a very hard year and a half, like becoming parents, like mm. with all the sleep deprivation. And that's obviously such a big change. And it's been great, but also... You know, also it's difficult at times, but I think me not drinking has just has made our relationship a lot better. And we're definitely, I think we communicate a lot more openly. Mm. Yeah. And it's funny because when I, um, if there are disagreements in my relationship um, and, you know, I, I feel like with my husband and I, we've got to a place where we, we've learned how to communicate quite well in those situations. We, we, we talk to each other and, we try to give each other the opportunity to say what we both feel and get our, you know, things out there. I always think mm-hmm. in those situations about how different that is for me and how um, how I would have handled those sorts of things if I was kind of groggy from drinking or tired or um, that. And it's just, it is another, another way of just feeling proud of what I've learned and achieved and gained by stopping drinking is just being able to have that mental clarity and yeah. being able to be more balanced in the way that I, and and maybe not, not less emotional, but just being a little bit more aware or in control of my emotions. Like if I'm upset, I'm upset and that's okay, but it's not my default now to just immediately get upset. Like I can be a bit more rational um and a bit more considered and I just all of those things are all quite new things for me to be honest (laughs) yeah no I definitely find um I'm a much more rational person I think if we do have disagreements and yeah I think I'm a lot more patient and forgiving I think of other people as well even in in friendships as well I think pretty much every every relationship in my life has improved a lot since stopping drinking even one's that I wouldn't have thought would have been impacted by it at all. But I think that's probably from me being happier and just mm. much more content. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, when you're putting that work and effort into stopping drinking, which you have, um, especially when it comes to things like journaling, you know, I'm such a big fan of journaling, but I know that some people find that quite alien and, you know, maybe a bit, bit cheesy or a bit strange but a lot of the time when I've encouraged people to do it they've actually really gotten into it and I think there is something quite nice about just giving yourself five or ten minutes a day to just sit and reflect on what you're grateful for I mean that's essentially what you're doing isn't it when you're when you're, you're you're cultivating gratitude um and that can be very very mind shift 
you know, mind altering in, in the, if you can practice looking at what things are going well in your life and what things you feel grateful for and what things you are doing better or well that you can feel proud of yourself about, then that does become a habit. You know, that just becomes like, I feel like I did that kind of gratitude journaling, especially in the earlier days. And I tried very hard to focus on the things that were good in my life. It's not about always being positive, because that can be a bit toxic, but just trying to appreciate what was going well, even when things weren't going well in some areas, what things were going well or what things were what things were I doing that that were that were good or you know, and I do think that then that becomes just a way of life. Like I just think like that naturally now. I always am yes. able to find gratitude in my day at all kinds of different points, especially related to sobriety, because I quite often will, uh, something will happen and it will trigger a thought for me that is usually wrapped up with, oh my God, I'm so glad that I don't drink because, you know, I don't have that to deal with now, or I don't, you know, I don't, I don't feel tired having a toddler or as tired as I would have felt if I was still drinking, you know, so it's, it's like a natural, it's a natural reference point for me now to feel that gratitude. Yeah, no, I definitely think that as well. I think I'm able to, yeah, actually look for the positives and things. And like you said, everything obviously isn't always going to be positive and there'll be really bad things that happen. So my quite early days of sobriety, my, my granny actually died as well, which was obviously awful and really such an upsetting time. Um, so obviously I wouldn't find any positive in that, but what I was so grateful for being sober and that I could then mm. actually deal with things better like be there for my mum properly and even though that would always be an awful time it mm. was it would have been much worse obviously if I was still if I was still drinking so yeah. I think that's something I did struggle with more just thinking about the future when I first got sober I was thinking well what will I do if something like really bad happens yeah um, but I think just over time I've realized well drinking doesn't add anything to my life so mm. You know, it's only going to make things hundred times worse, yeah. which I think's been such a like, helpful sort of place to arrive at. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I think it, it is it is it is a skill to do that, and it's yeah. something that you practice. You know, it's not something that you you don't put down the drink on Wednesday and by Thursday you're able to do that stuff. You have to practice it. You have to put the work in. You have to do the mind work. And you have to do the perspective shifting stuff or journal and, you know, get it all down on paper or, you know, try to set yourself up to be able to find those things because you're journaling. And it's all that stuff that makes the difference. And it is a skill that you develop and that you hone over time that is serves you in all aspects of life, to be honest. It's you know, because when you get to your level of sobriety and mine, it's it's not about, you know, trying to make yourself not drink every day. It's, it is just about navigating life and yeah. making the best of it and managing expectations that it's not going to be perfect, making the most out of what you've got in front of you. And that is that is a really, really good life skill to learn for sure. So 
Okay. What about your top three tips then? If you had to give our listeners three tips for getting sober or helping people to stay sober, what would they be? Um, I think my first one would be just to sort of get support, like where, like wherever. So from, for me, it was really like friends and family initially, but just like a sort of few, select few people that I really wanted to share with. And then like I mentioned before as well, I found the Instagram sort of sober community to be like such a, such a great source for that. And just, just even like reading other people's stories and just sort of knowing you're not kind of alone in that has been really helpful. Yeah. Um, one thing I did, like I mentioned journaling before, which I do now find, I don't do it every day now. I did actually up until I had my son. <laughs> I just got a lot busier, but it is yeah. something I find I kind of dip in and out of and I find it so, so useful. And one thing I did in the really early days was I made myself like a list of joy, like a list of things that bring me joy. I bought myself a new coffee mug that said joy on it. And I <laughs> really started to think about what I could yeah, do for me. So it's got things and it like, you know, reading a book for 10 minutes, like getting outside in the fresh air, um, buying fresh flowers, just anything that I find just kind of gives me a bit of a boost. And if I'm having a bad day, feeling a bit rubbish, I will look at it and like pick something out to try. Oh, I love that. And yeah, and no, it's just, it's been something I just find so, yeah, it's so nice, so positive. It's all just little small things that you can do really mm. easily or like phoning a friend or I've got a few like WhatsApp groups with friends that are all just often just really funny so just kind of going into that and just anything that can sort of lift your mood Lovely. um as well I found just all the um kind of sober sober books and things like that just to be so helpful so in the early days I really really like sort of studied <laughs> for sobriety I would say and I really started researching about alcohol um, I think for me I found the most helpful books were more the ones I could really relate to so I mentioned like the Catherine Gray one um, and I really like the I think it's Sober Girls of Society as well. And that's Millie Gooch. I found that to be like a really good read as well and very, um, yeah, just very relatable. Um, so, yeah, I would say that would be my main, main sort of tips. Brilliant. Think, yeah, just. Yeah, no, I love, I love the joy list. I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really like that. Um, now I got that from someone on Instagram um, she's called Sky Rose Coaching she's got lots of like great and um, Sober Buzz Scotland is the other one as well I'm sure it was on their page and yeah it was just something that yeah really resonated with me when I first um, kind of thought of doing it and it's something I've just found to be yeah so helpful yeah and I think that's uh, you hit the nail on the head there when you say you know it's about finding stuff that resonates with you and and that's yeah. what I think it, the books and Instagram especially and the podcasts, you know, it's just all this information. If you consume it, you will find things that resonate with you. And it's about latching onto those things and making those things work for you. And, you know, you get the opportunity to design your own sobriety like it can be how you want it to be and I I just I love that it's I love that message you know find something that resonates and then go from there you know and, and yeah. you probably won't go too far wrong yeah definitely Ah, uh, so if you're open to sharing your journey where can we find you um so I'm on Instagram um and it's under sober bloom 
David Bloom, love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't remember why. I, it was just in the end when I first made up the um, other like Instagram name. I think I just, I think it was maybe springtime and I was just sort of thinking about spring flowers and, <laughs> and sort of new starts. Yeah, I um, I like that. I love flowers too. I'm with you on fresh flowers. There's no better feeling yeah. than having <laughs> buying yourself some flowers. That's, yeah, such a treat, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's been so nice, Julia, to catch up with you today. Um, yeah, I, I, every story is slightly different, which is amazing because we're obviously always talking about the same thing. But yeah, there are some bits in your story that I think really stand out. And I, and I really genuinely think they'll be helpful for people to hear. So uh, I'm really grateful for you making the time for me today. Oh, thank you. No, I've really enjoyed it. And no, it's been great to come on. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Um, and thank you to everybody else. See you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, please contact me directly on Instagram by sending a message to at Sassy Sober Mum. You can also find helpful tools and resources on my website, sassysobermum.com. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to spread the love, please like, share and rate the podcast. I really look forward to next time. See you then.